0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Shelter in Peace. We are broadcasting live from our studios of LA 1160 AM, The Quest, Atlanta Catholic Radio here in Roswell, Georgia. I'm Mari Cleveland, and I'm here with my co-host, Josh Harris. Good morning, Josh. I'm
1: so glad to be here.
0: Oh, I was waiting to see what voice we were getting this morning.
1: I'm going to do full-on movie trailer
0: <laughs> there you in go. the world. <laughs> For those of you who may be new listeners, Josh is also, in addition to being an amazing um, Catholic man of God, following after God's will in his life, he's also a comedian. So um, we get blessed with the, those gifts as well each yeah, week. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thank you. Stand-up comedian, stand-up comic. <laughs> that whole uh, that whole world has kind of been put on pause, though, for a while.
0: <laughs> it has been, but God has continued to use you in amazing ways.
1: Uh, yeah, honestly, I would not change the, the past two months or however long it's been for anything. It's been incredible. I've just been so blessed to uh, immerse myself in the local uh, world of faith. It's been incredible. And uh, yeah, God's been showing off.
0: That is awesome. You know, and one of the ways that God shows off is through the gift of His Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's what we're going to, we're going to talk about today because. As you know, our our dedicated listeners know that we usually follow along with what's happening within our church, what's going on in the, in the, um, just the story of our church and in, in, in the various feasts and the various things that are going on. And we had Pentecost this last Sunday, we had the feast of Pentecost, which was amazing. And what I think a lot of us realize is Pentecost we talk about is the beginning of our church, but what sometimes we don't understand is just the amazing gift that we received, all of us received, not just the disciples, the apostles, those who were in the upper room who were waiting from this promise from God that Jesus had told us, told them about, but all of us received the gift of the Holy Spirit um, f- coming to down on earth forever to live with us. So that was the part, you know, Jesus said, I will not leave you. I will send one who will be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is so cool. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about. The Holy Spirit, um, how the Holy Spirit moves, um, kind of some of the history um, through the scriptures of the Holy Spirit, and then the various gifts, because I think people get confused. They're like, okay, there are these gifts mentioned in the Old Testament, then we got the yeah. fruits, right? Then we've got the charisms. How does that all work? So we're going to give you a brief overview of that today, yeah, really quickly, because we only have so much time, and it's amazing how much is written on all of this. Yeah. 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 So that's what Absolutely. we're going to talk about. So what's um, interesting is... You can go and do your own study. Uh, Dave Pavanka, who is an amazing priest, he's actually got this new series out. It's a 14-video series, and it's just on the Holy Spirit. So that's how rich this is. Each one Mm -hmm. of these videos is more and more information about the Holy Spirit and how it works. It's called the Wild Goose series. And um, the reason it's called Wild Goose is because this is so cool. That's what the ancient Celts used to call the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? When you think of the Holy Spirit, what do you? What bird do you usually think of when you think of the Holy Spirit?
1: I think I'm a dove. A
0: dove. Oh, Annie, I forgot to introduce you this morning. We've also got our producer, Annie. Annie. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Good morning. <laughs> and so what do you think of when you think of the Holy Spirit? Oh, man. You know, I just think of how the Holy Spirit is just so incredible
1: that something that I I don't think I can picture it. Like, I know. That's the yeah. thing, you know? No. Like, I just don't. You know, we see all these images of the dove and everything, but I just have a hard time grasping the vastness
0: and amazing amount of things the Holy Spirit can do for you. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, that is awesome. And Annie is amazing, and the Holy Spirit just touched her because I totally put her on the spot right that second. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, but that's the whole point, right? Okay. We see a dove or we're like, I can't even see anything. And that's what, um, father Dave says. That's so cool. He says the ancient Celts called it the wild goose, because you know Mm -hmm. how a wild goose is. If you've ever seen one, they're kind of, they're just like all over the place. You can't predict them. There's Mm no predicting what they're going to do next Mm -hmm. and how they're going to do it. And they're powerful and they're awesome and they're amazing to watch. And so that's what happens with the Holy spirit as well. Um, and some people say, "Well, okay, the only the Holy Spirit only came at Pentecost. That's the first time we see him." No, actually the Holy Spirit was with God and Jesus from the very beginning. Once again, when we go back to Genesis where all everything um, amazing begins there, it talks about, you know, the breath of God being or the spirit being over the waters, right? So the Holy Spirit was there in the beginning. But then and then all through the whole the Old Testament, we've got the Holy Spirit showing up. And it's almost kind of like God visited him upon different people. In the Old Testament, so one of the stories that always strikes me is the the story of Saul, who was the first king of Israel. You know that the Israelites they saw everybody else had a king, and they're like, "Oh, we want a king too." And God says, "Um, you sure you want a king?" They, you know, it's not always a great thing to have a king. Oh, no, everybody has a king. We want a king. Yeah. Right. So he put the Holy Spirit on Saul, and and Saul received the Holy Spirit, and you can read about that, um, in the Old Testament, and. But then Saul ends up disobeying. He ends up disobeying, taking matters into his own hands, not following um, after God. And then God removes the Holy Spirit from Saul. And it was so sad. So that happened in the Old Testament. Um, and then it's not until we get to, um, and then he shows up other times, obviously throughout the old Testament in all the different ways that God wills and works. And then in the new Testament, that's when it's so cool. Cause we get him and yeah. we get the risen, the one who raised Christ from the dead, the one who overcame death. We get that Absolutely. Holy spirit living within us. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So as we talk about that, one of the things that, um, we also have is recognizing that the Holy Spirit is one that has all these beautiful names uh, that we can talk about. Um, Right before we came in here, Josh and I just prayed a litany. Josh had an awesome litany to the Holy Spirit and we prayed that and it talked about some of the names of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I think just like we talk about the names of God, we can use the names of Holy Spirit as that way to um, pray back to God and ask for God's comfort or whatever. So for example, the Holy Spirit is known as um, the spirit of God, like I said before, from Genesis, um, the breath of the almighty, that's actually in Job in the old Testament. Um, he's known as the counselor, the comforter, the power of the highest, the spirit of might, spirit of adoption, spirit of truth, spirit of life. And so the reason we mentioned some of these words, and these were some of the names of him also that were in that litany, I'll, I'll let you mention some of those. If you want Josh is because realize that the spirit, the Holy spirit is alive and moving and so for example recently i had a friend who lost a loved one and she said oh my gosh my relatives in this other state are just grieving so much and i feel so bad during this time of COVID, i can't go to be with them mm. and i said well you know what you can pray and you can ask the holy spirit who is the comforter to go comfort your relatives mm. and just say holy spirit please go be with them be the comforter for them yeah. right now yeah and she was like wow i hadn't thought about that before i can do that Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. Were there any other of the names in yes, that you thought were cool?
1: I love this. Uh, this is probably my favorite. Author of all good, mm, ray cool. of heavenly light, <laughs> source of heavenly water, consuming fire, ardent charity, spiritual. Unction. So these are pretty cool. And I'll actually lift up a prayer myself. I'll just say, God, I pray you guide us and guide, and the Holy Spirit may overshadow us during this time on the air so that we may better convey your truth, your love, and your mercy in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Father,
1: Son, Holy Spirit. I like that. Um, You know, I I think that for me, it's like it's the easiest thing to kind of forget is the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, there's Jesus and there's God. And Holy Spirit, whatever. It's like a spare tire in the trunk, you know. <laughs> but I I forget that, like, you know, that... And you
0: hope it's full of air.
1: Exactly. <laughs> You forget that that is the grace that God extends to us that is generated from the love between the Father mm-hmm. and the Son yeah. that empowers us to go and do the impossible. Yeah, I mean, you know, they were the, – the early apostles, there is a church because the early apostles were, were sipping Holy Spirit juice. That's probably the worst way I could ever phrase it, but still. I mean, it was the grace of this – power that was lifting them up and leading them. So, um, you know, I need to remember that. And so I've been trying to really cr- develop in that relationship with the Holy Spirit. I know mm-hmm. for me, uh, you brought up something funny too. Like, uh, yeah, the, the, you said the wild goose, there's yep. the dove. I just want someone like, I want like an artist, artist to get like ambitious. You know what I mean? You uh. see the Holy Spirit's like a pterodactyl overshadowing <laughs> a condor. <laughs> what is going on here? But, uh, you know, for me, I definitely felt... It because I uh, when I got confirmed into the Catholic Church, I'd already been baptized in another Protestant church. But I remember when Bishop Gregory um, did the you know put the oil on my head and sealed Mm -hmm. me with the Holy Spirit. I very much felt it. Mm. The next day, I woke up, um, (laughs) and I felt an explosive joy of jesus really a you know aka the holy spirit like just just overflowing to where i you know was never loved my mom that much my dog that much (laughs) it was just like i was seeing things through um a heavenly tent and it was you know it's not feasible to live in that place all the time but i will say it was such powerful confirmation that wow you're you're in the right neighborhood yeah and so I remember actually going on a run that day um, and just marveling at the majesty of God's creation like a little child, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. so powerful. I mean, this, you know, when I look back, and especially studying the Holy Spirit more this week, and that was the Holy Spirit. Like, that yeah. was me going to, like, the next level with yeah. the Holy Spirit as a result of my confirmation. And as a result, I feel like it's just really given me courage to do things that would have terrified me.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Years
1: ago, I mean yeah. one thing being um we, we you know I do some some pro life ministry and sidewalk counseling and outreach with some some very talented people locally one uh, your good friend and my yeah. good friend Mary Lawson yeah, and um she reached i was out there praying one day, and somehow this idea of forty days for life came up, and you can't do forty days in the summer it's really a spring and a fall event. Mm-hmm. But a friend of mine there said, yeah, if there was a 40 days out here, it, it really like shake things up a lot. I'm, mm-hmm. and I was like, kind of, really? Like you're saying more lives would be saved. It, and he's a, by the way, he's a pro-life apologist. He goes around and trains people wow. at, from Equal Rights Institute and how to. Do sidewalk counseling, also how to have healthy conversations and dialogues in a really loving and, a you know, appropriate way with yeah. other people, but also very well informed. And he was like, yeah, you'd save a lot of lives if you like way more lives would be saved if you had a 40 days out here than if you did it. And wow. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, wow, it really kind of took me back. And so I remember texting Mary. Now, this must have been the Holy Spirit working on her end. I said, could we do like a 40 days for life in the summer? And she responded back, no, but we could do a summer for life. And it was like so quick. I was like, "That's," and I just felt like a jolt in me. I was like, that's a great idea. And she said, if you lead it, I'll be your assistant. And I had every, I could have made a million reasons why Mm -hmm. I didn't have time to do it. I just took a breath, and I said yes, and I felt that same, like that explosive joy just welled up and overflowed in me to where I felt this, again, powerful connection to Christ, and I, interestingly enough, at that moment, um, I was trying to get, uh, I went upstairs or and I checked my email, I think, or maybe I checked on my phone, but I checked my email and I had been accepted. <laughs> right after saying yes, I got accepted to this uh, digital distribution uh, network that's going to help you. Uh, release your musical content and my comedy content, Uh you know, Uh a director got back with me about wanting to work on a project of mine and um, another thing I was working on came through and I'm just, I'm not saying we do like prosperity gospel, but it was interesting how when I said yes to God at that Mm -hmm. moment, like I took care of God's business, he took care of mine (laughs) and I was working so hard on trying to get some of this other stuff together and it was just effortless when I said, all right, God, I'll do what you want me to do. It's like, yeah, okay, I got your other stuff. That's less important important. This is more important.
0: That is awesome. So, that um, is so cool.
1: it's really cool. Yeah. I think it's interesting when we say, you know, yes to God, he opens doors where walls once appeared. And I think a lot of times too, there's that phrase, right? If I give God an hour of my day, he'll give me 23 back. But when I say yes to God, like all my other, like Jesus said, you know, my, my burden is easy, mm-hmm. right? And, right. And, and, and right. light. And I think that when we do, play along with God's will that, um, the things we try so hard on, mm-hmm. um, can be, uh, much more effortless. Yeah,
0: definitely. You know, one of the phrases that you just said, you said, I felt so much more connected to Jesus. Yeah. This is really cool. I heard, um, father Barron this weekend when he was his homily on Pentecost, he used a phrase. It's one of the ancient phrases for the Holy yeah. spirit in the church. And it's, it's called, um, I've got to put my glasses back on. Uh, viculum amoris. Viculum oh. amoris, which actually means chain of love. Isn't that cool? Chain that's of love really cool. for the Holy Spirit. Because it's the chain that connects the Father and the Son. And it's that and the chain is actually love. It's the love that connects the Father and the Son. And so that's what, what you're talking about. And you you gave such beautiful examples of what it felt like to be overshadowed by, overcome by, to receive the Holy Spirit and that joy that comes and then also the fruits that come out of it kind of what you experience and what happens because of that. So in at Pentecost, you know, we had the apostles. We had about 120 people um, all there praying. And they knew Jesus said, wait, you're going to get this promise from God. Wait. And it also said Mary was with them, too. And they were all overpowered by the. they were empowered by the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And then they were sent out. And this is something cool that, that um, Bishop Barron said as well is, you know, these these were the apostles, and it comes from a Greek word, apostale. So if you think about, like, post office, postale, post office, yeah. it's to send. So they oh, were wow. sent, right? Just like at the end of Mass, you know, Mass is Misa, you know, we're sent, we're sent forth to go out, and we're supposed to go out. And it's um, the sign of the Holy Spirit is that we're going out with that love, that love that's the chain between the Father and the Son, the, the love that connects the Father and the Son, and if you have the holy spirit's presence in your life that's what that's one of the things that's one of the fruits that will show is that that love that you have the the fact that you will for the good of other people and i think our world obviously needs that right now you know just us loving each other well yeah. and calling on the holy spirit to really infuse and overshadow us and empower us to be able to love so well and i was going to mention real briefly the sevenfold gifts, because I think it goes on, um, goes along with what you just said, Josh, as far as you, when you're doing the sidewalk counseling, it can be scary out there. I've been out there with you guys a couple of times and you don't know what people are going to be Mm -hmm. responding like and how hateful sometimes people can, can be and how the, the evil one will come after you because the evil one wants abortion. The evil one doesn't want people to have life and life everlasting if they were to come and, and to be born into this world and to, Encounter mm, Christ, right? Yeah. And to be able to be with God forever. The evil one wants to stop that in every way that he can. And whether it's in the, the anger and the hatred of some of the people walking by, or whether it's the fear that some of us feel if we we're you know, should I even show up out there? But that's what's so cool because um some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the ones that are mentioned in the Old Testament specifically in Isaiah. These are ones um, that are prof- prophetical. These are the ones that are mentioned actually in, in prophesying about Jesus. So it's from chapter 11 in Isaiah, and it says, But a shoot shall, sh- shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. And that's talking about Christ. And then it says in, chapter, in um, verse 2, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and of understanding, A spirit of counsel and of strength, a spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be the fear of the Lord. And so those are the sevenfold um, gifts of the Holy Spirit that you find in Isaiah. And what's really cool about them is that those are the spirits, those are the gifts that give us. kind of this disposition this disposition of spirit to be docile yeah to have docility and I think you said in your work in your study and you're learning more about it docility was the word that came up as well and docility really means the responsiveness to the workings of grace the responsiveness yeah. being attentive to what God's will is in your life um, being willing to be taught being willing to just respond to whatever he's saying he wants you to do which is what you were doing you were like mm. I'm responsive. He put this thought in my heart. I'm responsive. I'm actually taking action. And that's what the apostles had to do, right? They had to go out and be responsive to what God was telling them to do, which would go out and and make disciples of all men and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They were supposed to go do that. But you had a really cool insight when we were talking about this morning that I would love for you to share about who else was in that upper room and why that was so important. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Which, you know, you bring up something really quick, I think, is it's not easy to follow the holy spirit All i mean when we do it and it gets more easier and we do feel like that joy but sometimes that, that first step is scary i, mean, I have things mm-hmm. i think that i'm being prompted to do right now to reach out to people that don't even know that well and try to you know share the faith and i'm like oh really god i just hope that's not really i don't want to just randomly cold call that yeah person i haven't talked yeah. to in a while inviting them to the church it's gonna be weird you know and um i I just like I've been told, there's no growth in comfort, and there's no comfort in growth. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think the Holy Spirit helps us become comfortable, uncomfortable, yeah. yeah, right. And actually, I found too, it can help us become joyful, uncomfortable. I mean, when I'm out on that sidewalk praying with pro life people or extending help or resources to uh, abortion-minded people, Mm -hmm. I I feel a God in a very special way Mm -hmm. that I haven't, I don't feel other places, yeah. right? And um, it's really made my God so much bigger as a result of standing out there. And I think... You know, if anyone's interested, by the way, we are doing a summer for life. You can come and join us for an hour of prayer at Summersaves.com. Summersaves.com. And sometimes by standing out there, the no-show rate can go up as high as seventy-five percent, which is a amazing. really cool thing. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I say that at first it was very scary, but now it's very joyful. Mm, yeah. And yeah. I think that the the Holy Spirit can recondition our comfort zone very much. And the other thing too I've found is um um, you know, there's a a peace amidst the chaos because it's it's very mm-hmm. much a battlefield out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people drive by and and give mm-hmm. you a, you know a thumbs up, and sometimes they give you another finger, and that's yeah okay, you know. Yeah. But like, it, it used, that used to terrify me, and I used to hate that kind of rebuke, and now I'm just like feeling so much joy in the midst of mm-hmm. this place, and and especially after there's this like half life of joy. I think knowing you did God's will, and it just I can see more of how the early church uh, disciples were martyred, but they seem very joyful mm-hmm. when they were, you mm-hmm. know? And it's yeah. because I think the Holy Spirit gave them an inner fortitude that yeah. is impossible to to experience without it, right. right? And so when we talk about being in the, uh, the 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 upper room, you know, who was in the middle of the upper room but Mary, the mother of God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And none of these other people or disciples up there had experienced the, you know, this world rocking fruit of the Holy Spirit, like like Mary had I mean she the spirit overshadowed her,, yep. and she gave birth to Jesus, and the world is forever changed exactly. right, and now the spirit overshadows them, and there 's a new kind of birth that 's being given it 's to the the church right,
0: the birth of the church yeah. right,
1: and so who 's going to be a better centerpiece for that, a better consultant than the only one of those hundred and twenty people who had really experienced this? earth-shattering fruit of mm-hmm. the holy spirit this overshadowing of the spirit of god that forever rerouted the history of humanity right, right? and i'm partially bar you know I, I think steve ray is where i got that from mm-hmm. he gave a great message on that um so yeah i mean that's that was you know it's it's really cool to think about that and you know to think about mary is i mean she's the first one i believe in the new testament to receive yeah The Holy Spirit, which turns into Jesus.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so what's so cool is when we think about that, oftentimes we think about Mary and the descriptions of Mary. And so many times they're like, she went, she pondered in her heart. She pondered that in her heart. And Edward Shree does a great job of explaining her pondering in her heart actually doesn't mean just, oh, she's thinking about it. <laughs> she's just kind of, you know, reflecting on it. She's just in the house. Yeah. She's, va- you know, oh, she can't vacuum. She didn't have electricity. But, yeah. you know, she's cleaning up whatever she's, you no know, pondering at, in her heart meant she was trying to figure out what God's will was with that. Wow. What was, what did God mean about that? You know, we ponder it and we think about how it relates to all kinds of other things happening in our lives or whoever we're listening to. Every time she was pondering it as it relates to what God's will was. And so I think she was such a model of what we were just talking about with the Old Testament gifts of the Holy Spirit, which she was a model of docility, that model of she really wanted to find out what was God's will. So I love how you described and how Steve Ray described, right, that she was the one training them. She was the one training them to be attentive and attuned to the workings of God in their lives. And that working of God came through yeah. the Holy Spirit. You know, it's cool, Josh, as you were talking about your experiences, just how you felt when you're on the sidewalk there, when you're actually walking mm-hmm. in God's will, how you felt, you felt, you mentioned the words love, you mentioned the word joy, you also mentioned the word peace. Those are actually fruits of the Holy Spirit. So as you're doing the work of the Holy Spirit, you get these fruits of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. As you allow God to work in your heart and in your life, you receive these fruits, and these fruits are what other people can see and what you also experience through this, and it's those those fruits that are mentioned. Some people say 9, some people say 12. It depends on what sh- translation of the Bible, but they're there in Galatians 5, and it talks about you know love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Vulgate edition of the Bible also talks about chastity and modesty. Um, and there was one more, I just forgot what it was. Um, but, but they, those are the fruits that come, you know, as we're really walking and living in the Holy spirit. And so a lot of times as I'm teaching people about spiritual gifts and, and things and fruits and things, I say, you know, so many times we say, Oh, I'm not a patient person. I'm just not patient. I'm not a patient person. And I say, well, guess what? If you are a baptized, if you are baptized in the in the Holy Spirit, which is what Christ said, you know, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you, especially if you've been confirmed and you've been strengthened, these. You actually do have the fruit of patience. You just have to make sure you're living in it. You're living in a state of grace that you're actually calling on it. You're Mm -hmm. you're asking the Holy Spirit. You know, so there are times where you can ask the Holy Spirit to come. There are times in my home that I can sense the strife going on. I can sense I'm getting, you know, mama bear about something or I'm getting really frustrated about something. And I have to calm down and out loud say, come, Holy Spirit, just come you know, and I want I want your love. I want your peace. I want your your patience in this situation and just call on the Holy Spirit. And that's what's so cool about him. He's living. He's he's acting. He's active. He's right there and he's ready for us to be able to um oh, yeah. you know, it's not like taking a slot machine and going, Yeah, I want this Gift, like you said, it's not prosperity, but it's really saying. But there is, there is the Holy Spirit, who is the great comforter. He is the great healer. He is the great counselor. And I need counsel in this decision I'm about to make. So this is what I need to do: um, is call on Him and ask for that.
1: um, That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the good thing to remember. I mean, for me especially, it's in the past. It's often been, "Help me, Jesus. Help me, God." And then, like, no Holy Spirit. But yeah. you know, the, the I mean, that is the internal compass that God gives us as a result of our baptism and confirmation, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I f- I found recently just a true power of asking for the Holy Spirit to direct me and to mm-hmm. guide me and tell me what the next step is. And I'm right. I've been trying to say the no uh not the the uh, litany of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. regularly, and mm-hmm. I found you know that there's there's a power to that. You know, God definitely extends a grace. And I think it boosts up, boosts the cell signal a yeah. little bit more.
0: You know, and I was thinking too about the fact that I like to be able to do that. I try to do that. I've gotten better at doing it myself, but also as parents, for those of you out there who are parents or grandparents, so many times we say to our kids, so what do you want to be when you grow up? I heard this awesome, somebody said, they were so it was so awesome. They said, instead of asking your kids that, why did you start to teach them to be attuned to God in their lives by asking them what do you think God wants you to do when you grow up? What mm. do you think God wants you to be? Yeah, Because he's already given them gifts. And that's what we're going to talk about after our break. We're going to talk about the charisms. Um, so those are also in the, in the new Testament, the charisms of the Holy spirit. So those gifts of the Holy spirit in the old Testament from Isaiah, those were the ones that help us live a more, um, uh, a more docile, a more attentive, uh, a more sanctifying life in Christ. They're for us. And then in the new Testament, Um, In addition to the fruits that we just talked about, we've got these charisms. Sometimes they're called the New Testament charismatic gifts, but we've got these free gifts that God gives us. And those are the gifts that he uses um, through us to love the rest of the world. Those Mm -hmm. are the gifts that he gives us that he then um, lets us be co-laborers with him and love and bring order and peace to the rest of the world, which I think we really need to learn how to do right now. So in in about a minute, we're going to be breaking and we're going to have our guest come on um, we've got a guest coming on, and he was actually there um, this yesterday uh, Monday, I guess, when we yeah. were praying right in front yeah, of the...
1: Yeah, the Summer Saves opening kickoff the, prayer vigil. Exactly. Father, well, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, we'll, a surprise. yeah,
0: we'll surprise you in a second. But he also gets a chance to, he gets to work with the missionaries of charity. Who, oh, they're yeah. heroic. So if you think about people totally giving themselves up for other people, they obviously have the Holy Spirit flowing through them. So he's going to get to share yeah. some, of, some of that with us as well. So if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Shelter in Peace here um, live at 1160 AM, the Quest Atlantic Catholic Radio. And we enjoy being with you, and we just are offering this as a place where you can come and focus on the truth, learn more about your faith, maybe walk alongside us as we focus on the one who gives us, all to us who gives us love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness Um, and we thank you thanks for listening The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes You're pregnant? What are you going to do? This response puts
1: abortion on the table although what are you going to do is a common response, this is not what you say when your friend tells you about her unplanned pregnancy. Women are created to nurture life. No woman truly wants to kill her own child. Unplanned pregnancies can be scary. 74% of women who've had abortions say that if one person would have offered support to help them, they would have chosen life. This approach, congratulations, you'll be a great mother and I'll help you, can be just what she needed to hear. God sent you to help her. Call 1-800-712-HELP to find the closest free pregnancy center. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity.
3: For more homegrown wisdom, visit
1: thequestatlanta.com. This is Monsignor Charles Pope from Morning Glory. The impact of the COVID-19 pandemic has seeped into virtually every aspect of our daily lives, bringing with it uncertainty, fear, and anxiety. One of the anchors in these turbulent waters is Catholic Radio. These are challenging financial times for all of us, including the station you're listening to right now. Please consider making a life-changing donation today. May God bless you.
0: Donate at thequestatlanta.com.
3: Please join us in a prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the
1: wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do
3: thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.
1: My name is Josh Harris, and we are joined by our mystery guest, but let me give you a little bit of background on this awesome individual. Uh, It is Father Brian Baker. He is an amazing man of God. He ministers to the uh, Missionaries of Charity, as well as a lot of other incredible parishes uh, around the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and we had the privilege of him leading us in prayer for the very kickoff prayer vigil of Summer Saves, where we uh, are really trying to be A powerful, prayerful presence in front of a local abortion clinic during peak operational hours and hoping that uh, as many people say yes to the gift of life as possible. He gave an amazing homily and led led us in an epic uh, pro-life rosary. So with that said, um, let me introduce uh, Father Brian Baker.
3: Good Good morning. Good morning.
1: (laughs) We're so glad you're here, my good friend. How are you doing today?
3: Doing very well. Oh, this is uh, really fun for me to uh, be able to join you and to be a surprise guest. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, but uh, I hope it uh, does God's will this morning.
1: Oh, man, well, you certainly are such a, a light in our lives, and, and mine especially, and thank you so much for uh, just being a heroic presence on the sidewalk uh, this past Monday. It was amazing, and I wanted to ask, you know, coming out of Pentecost, um, what— Would you say, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, obviously you are a very Spirit-led person. How is the Holy Spirit um, impacted, and how does it direct your priesthood? I mean, how do you harness that gift and and use it for the greater good?
3: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, actually, it's proper to say, as you said, that we're coming out of Pentecost. We had the Feast on uh, the Solemnity on Sunday, and it it ends the uh, Easter season. Uh, But a point I made uh, during a homily on Sunday is, uh, that in fact uh, we have entered into uh, Pentecost, like kind of mm. like graduation uh, <laughs> is called a commencement. Yeah. You know? So we. Uh, I love that. So we begin, kind of the ending of of something is really the beginning of what we've been training for, mm-hmm. um, and and really even traditionally, there's a lot of people who are still celebrating, commemorating the the octave of Pentecost, even though we don't have that liturgically. Um, but really that, that point being that uh, our whole lives are a Pentecost, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so I guess as a priest, that's really what has uh, been a fruit of, of living in the Holy Spirit uh, is kind of the, the deep and all-encompassing uh, reality of living in the Spirit. Um, as I was saying on Sunday in, in my homilies that uh, we really are meant to l- draw our life radically from the Holy Spirit, uh, and 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 that's what I'm realizing more, through through trying to do that in my own uh, prayer life and in ministering uh, to others in the name of Christ and, and in the power of the Spirit. Um, just the radical life in the Spirit is, is something that I've, I've learned more and more about as a priest.
1: Mm, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's what, great. Did you... What,
0: sure yeah so so, as you think about that, are there any specific we right after you, you um right before you came on we were we were saying we were going to talk later about some of the charisms of the Holy Spirit. Have you noticed or have you developed or have you found God um really revealing to you some of the various spiritual gifts um the holy Spirit filled yeah. gifts that have helped you in your in your ministry specifically
3: yeah absolutely um it was interesting, when I was discerning the priesthood, um, I had a lot of friends who were not Catholic, who were not even Christian. Um, I myself had fallen away from the faith, um, not ever rejecting the Catholic faith, but just uh, going the way of the world, so to speak, uh, in my college years. Uh, and so by the time I was really having a reversion and this conversion of my life, um, I had already you know, uh, been uh, kind of not practicing the faith for a while. And among my friends of various backgrounds, when I tried to explain to them this idea that um, I'm feeling called to become a priest, um, I, I really had a, a central focus on the desire to teach mm-hmm. um, the faith. And, and for me, that was something that I had discovered way back in college as a pre-med student. Uh, that the best way I learn is to teach mm-hmm. um, and I heard that kind of idea confirmed by other people just in kind of a worldly sense, uh, just an intellectual uh, kind of technique or personality trait, uh, so I identified with that uh, at the very beginning of of my life, but then even in my conversion and even my discernment of entering uh, formation for the priesthood and throughout and so since i 've been a priest almost six years now. Um, that is something—your question to me leading up to the show actually helped me to kind of see that that has been the main charism mm. um, that the Lord has—there's there's many others, uh, but that's the main one that uh, it really does surprise me. As much as I was kind of aware of uh, that interest in teaching and the way it helped me throughout the six years as a priest, and even as a deacon, starting from my life preaching— um, so another another year added on to that. Um, I have been continually amazed at how much I get from uh, from teaching, mm. um, oh. and I'll, I'll I'll record my homilies just so I can listen to them. Uh, And I'll tell people I'm I'm preaching to myself. But I mean that in a sincere manner in that I listen to them. I learn a lot.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep. And oftentimes what I tell people is, you know it's truly a charism because, you know, the charisms are given for other people. Um, You can benefit, obviously, as you just said, Father Baker, but they're for other people because you get feedback from other people saying, oh, my gosh. Um, So, for example, I have the charism of teaching as well, and people will say, one of the indications is they'll say, wow, um, I've heard that explained before, but when you explained it, just I heard it in a new and a different way and it really penetrated. Really, I, I really understood it much more richly or, or much better that way because these charisms is not just me, it's the Holy Spirit working through me. So there's almost this supernatural thing that's happening. Have you had that experience as well with that charism?
3: It's it's funny. It's almost like you've got a secret hidden camera show in some of my uh, experiences as a priest. Um, uh-huh. it, you know, it is something that, like, you know, it, I, I guess it's you can't avoid coming off the of sound like, oh, look, I'm tooting my own horn, so to speak. But
0: No, no, because it's the I, Holy Spirit, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. And I'm excited to hear this discussion and to kind of reflect on it in this way with you, because... It is something that in those moments I've, I've just been, wow, that's amazing, you know, with that person, and then in my own heart, thank you, Lord, help me to understand that and to use it better and to do it better and to give it better to your people. But yeah, several, many, many times after Masses and homilies, I'll hear people come up and say, here's one example to give me an example of, of the several times, and I was at a nursing home. This man is 95 years old. Hmm. And he's, he came up to me after Mass. He, he looked very stern. He didn't look like he was enjoying what I was saying during the homily. <laughs> <laughs> and after Mass, he looked very stern. And you get a plenty of those stern comments as well of, of opinions of things that you need to correct. And as a priest, I try and keep my heart open to that as well. And he just said, in 95 years of my life, and however many decades he mentioned as, as being a Catholic, Catholic I've never heard that particular passage explained that way, and I've heard Mm. that many times. Mm. Um, And uh, and I've taught in other settings as well in a Catholic college. I used to teach uh, for the training for the uh, men who become deacons. Um, I've taught many other uh, settings other than mass, Uh, so I've had that a lot. That experience a lot. And again, it, it always helps me to focus on what the Lord is doing in that mystery of His Spirit.
1: So I've got a question with that so obviously you know you have a very deep spirituality but it's I love that it's also it's rooted in an academic knowledge of the faith as well that you can pass on similarly I know you do a lot of work with the missionaries of charity
2: mm-hmm.
1: so you know when I think of them I mean they're just such heroic uh hands and feet of the lord do you I mean, wh- wh- how do you see the holy spirit manifest in their lives and their devotion to christ as well as others
3: you know um the uh one you, you kind of tied it the transition was like the the, the spirit and, and kind of academic um and maybe in contrast you know the missionaries of charity who are just kind of not studying but just working with the hands and the feet um one i i want to affirm like i say to people all the time i you know i have a lot of theological studies and went to rome et cetera, for studies Uh, And sometimes that can seem overbearing. But everybody has the gift through the Holy Spirit to do real serious theology. Mm. Um, Mm. And it's something very uh, natural to us, natural slash supernatural as a Mm -hmm. gift. Um, And yes, absolutely. Studies are proper to hone and sharpen and and refine that. Uh, And to that point, actually. and the Missionaries of Charity do do that as well. People don't realize they have a very kind of organized way of making sure that they're studying. Uh, There's different seminars and workshops and kind of, they can go to Calcutta for like a a study sabbatical, uh, and there's priests they ask to go and and teach in that regard, and I've been asked uh, in that way, and and friends of mine, um, I haven't been able to do that, but um, there's uh, experts within among their group that are very um, academically gifted. Mm. But the biggest way that I've seen the Holy Spirit really manifest Himself uh, in the mission of the Missionaries of Charity and their charism uh, is in the, the struggle, um, is in the fact that um, they deal with such uh, hard, uh, hard aspects of life, Uh, And yet, the Lord is more and more visibly present. The the harder it is, Uh, Mother Teresa officially calls her homes the home of the destitute and the dying. You know, destitute and dying are the worst scenarios that people can be in, in a physical, worldly sense, in in a kind of just the view of the eyes of our of our of the world. Um, And yet. Mother Teresa established these homes specifically to be and live with them so that uh, two things could happen. That the sisters could be Christ to Mm -hmm, the poor, mm -hmm. and that they could find Christ in the distressing disguise of the poor, as Mother Teresa called them. and when I arrived in Ethiopia bright and early one morning uh, to work with them for a month so when I was Whoa. in seminary in Rome and during a summer assignment, this little German sister came banging on our door after we had a <laughs> couple of bites for breakfast and, and said, Come, brothers, I have your Jesus. And she rushed off, and we followed after her down the middle of the, the, the street there. We thought maybe we were going to a a holy hour of adoration with the Eucharist. Instead, we go right outside the gate of their compound in Addis Ababa, and there's a man literally lying in the gutter, um, and he is emaciated, and and he has uh, tuberculosis, uh, AIDS, and cancer. um, And they pick him up on uh, literally a carpet, holding the four corners of the carpet, and they bring him into the tent among them uh, that are the worst off, and within a week, he dies. Mm. Um, wow. But I spent some time with him and, and others just like him that morning. Um, mm. I baptized a man who was in throes of, wow. of death, mm. um, and and this is this is where I see that the missionaries of charity they show you the joy of being Christ and finding Christ in others uh, in such a difficult place, and that is. The, the, the face of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow,
0: um, oh, wow. Father Baker, that is so beautiful. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to Shelter in Peace here on AM 1160, The Quest. And we have the pleasure of speaking with Father Baker, who is a, a priest here in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. And he's telling us about some of his experiences with the missionaries of the poor, um, uh, the missionaries of charity.
1: I was going to ask yeah. you, so when 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 they see these people when you guys pick up somebody who is a week to live and and just you know just a a ravaged phys- physical condition and just you know just broken um how do they minister to, i mean what is what, what is the protocol for ministering to somebody like that i mean you know um how, over that week that they have to live what did you notice what, what 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 was the what was the um schedule like for y'all when reaching doing outreach for for someone in that uh condition
3: I think uh, that's a good uh, kind of point. The schedule is that, you you know, the missionaries of charity, they strip their life of of every other kind of extra, you know, unnecessary thing. Um, They live a very strict schedule. That's very much they are religious, uh, so they have a prayer schedule. Uh, They're up at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning or thereabouts, and they're praying for hours before they even uh, get ready. They're washing their own laundry by hand. They're Mm -hmm. eating very simple meals. Um, and then they're going out, so they're just available, and, and that that really is it. If they're if they are doing and living their life in in a way that is poor themselves, mm. then they have something to give to the poor, oh. um, mm. and and this is what Mother Teresa. Uh, understood, and, and what she, it really is very much alive today. It's one of the most beautiful things is that you can go, and, and Mother Teresa is so famous, and we see pictures of her, but you can go and literally meet the same woman and each of her sisters, mm-hmm. um, mm. and really that's, that's the secret, is you cannot give what you do not have.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: so the sisters, in order to uh, be Christ to the poor they make themselves poor, and they live it in a joyful way, because Mm. Christ himself was absolutely stripped and poor. He descended from heaven as God himself and became human. I mean, even if you're the richest person on earth, he would (laughs) be infinitely poor compared to God, and yet he made himself the the poorest and most miserable kind of condition on this earth. And so the Missionaries of Charity um, do that, and then when they do that, these little sisters are usually quite short, almost all of them yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. beautiful little blue and white habits. well, all the volunteers who come to help out, whether temporarily or lo- more long term, it just that's where you see the Spirit. It catches Mm -hmm. like fire. Mm -hmm. Everybody is ordered by this witness. Each one of the Mm -hmm. sisters themselves are are quite simple. They're not grandstanding or brilliant, you know, in kind of unique, innovative things. Uh, They're just living their simple lives, and it catches on with the fire of the Holy Spirit, where everybody's got that sense of humility and devotion and hard work and joy.
2: Mm.
0: Wow. Mm, That's amazing. You know, um father baker we were talking about the sevenfold gifts in isaiah and we're talking about how it's that um that disposition of ourselves to be docile Um, and i'm thinking as you're describing them i'm just thinking about their docility just their responsiveness to the workings of grace they're cooperating with whatever god wants to do and um, pope francis one of the quotes that he gave as he described he actually was describing the gift of counsel which is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in Isaiah there, and he, and he described it as it enlightens our hearts and directs our thoughts, words, and actions in accordance with his will. And I was thinking about those those sisters and how everything they do, everything, every word they say, every action they take is all in accordance with God's will um, to be Christ to these other people and to see Christ in them. How amazing.
3: Yeah, and that's, that's what they, they have to sacrifice a lot. In order to be that way, you know, they, a lot of them come from poor backgrounds, but a lot of them come from, uh, as the years have gone on and, and the charism and the missionaries of charity as a religious order has become more and more famous, so they have uh, women from uh, very successful backgrounds. I met a, in Ethiopia a sister who was a medical doctor in wow. communist Slovakia. Wow. <laughs> Uh, As a Catholic and a medical doctor, uh, you know she was uh, highly kind of you know in um, in a dangerous situation with the communist country, Um, and and uh, they used to go trade uh, sausages for Bibles uh, uh, at the mountain ridge with Poland. Oh my goodness! Um, Wow. And and she at at an older age, uh, older than normal, like in her later thirty, mid or late thirties, she entered uh, the missionaries of charity and. She uses all of her skills as a medical doctor, uh, but that humble docility to do God's will uh, is where she finds her joy, mm. and, and, and she has no sense when you meet her. You'd be surprised she's a medical doctor. Or, you know, there's no sense of her worldly stature that that kind of accomplishment gave her. Um, and many other sisters are just like that. You know, They, they run these organizations, some of the superiors that are there. Um, it's fascinating. They're running like small companies, and yet... They are kneeling next to each sister. You can't identify... Like, if you never knew Mother Teresa, it would be the same way. You would never have identified her as, a, uh, as the foundress of this massive international order um, if you just saw her in a room praying with her sisters or working with the poor.
1: Mm. Well, when they have somebody like that, when you see them ministering to somebody on their on their deathbed or with a week to live and that kind of condition, are they trying to evangelize, or are they just kind of meeting them where they're at and just showing the the love of God? Or do you feel like they're very much being verbal about their faith as well? And you know, are these people that may have an experience with Christianity coming into this uh, in terms of the the people that they're they're uh, you know tending to what, what 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 is what's been your experience with that
3: yeah really all of the above and and again it's neat to hear your questions because you both um having really focused on this and praying about this you know it these are the ways that the holy spirit are really manifest mm. because just like we hear about the spirit the 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 Spirit is, is manifold in, in His uh, gifts and, and what He gives to people, uh, and yet one, one Spirit. So you can see this oneness in the sisters, in the homes, and among the people who live there, and the volunteers who help. And yet, as you spend more time with them, like, like I have had the privilege of doing, I was just with them this morning at 7 a.m. celebrating Mass and then hearing their confessions,
2: mm-hmm.
3: Um they, you, you start to learn, like here in Atlanta, in Midtown, where the sisters are, they take care of indigent women with AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, almost every single one, I think every single one in the House right now is African American, and they're from you know, the, around this area mostly. And so a lot of them are um, uh, uh, not Catholic, Um, uh, that's, you know, there are a few who are coming Catholic, but mostly are not. Um, And a lot of them do have some sort of Christian background, Um, but they're all welcome to the mm, celebration of the Mass, wow. to the prayers. And then over the years, as they are tending to their illness and their, and their needs and their physical needs, uh, just the witness of the missionaries of charity affects their hearts, and then they will discern if this person is interested to discuss, you know, Christ and the faith and mm-hmm. conversion to the Catholic sacraments and receiving the sacraments. And um, so you see women at different levels of that journey. Um, and what's, what's amazing though, is I go celebrate mass and it hasn't been this way for the last few months with the kind of separations, even in the house, they're, they're protecting each other from the illness of the COVID uh, pandemic. But, um, when everybody's together normally, All these women of various backgrounds, they're all saying every response in the Catholic Mass (laughs) at full voice. They're singing Mm. it. They know it all, and it's really beautiful to see them, and they're very dedicated. They're there every morning. Mm.
2: Um,
3: So the sisters are just available, just like the Spirit, and ready to meet people where they are, but not leave them where they are. Mm. Um, But the sisters are not, you know, they're an instrument of the Spirit, so they're not trying to force uh, this conversion—it um, it can happen in in very dramatic ways, or it can happen in very hidden, subtle ways. Um, yeah. so it's, it's really beautiful to see.
0: So, isn't that amazing when we are walking in the charisms that God's given us? Whether it's your charism of teaching, or their charisms of you know of, of mercy and and service and you know ministering this way that it really is the Holy Spirit doing all the work and it makes that burden very light it is that ministry of doing all the work um so father Brian Baker has been with us um on this hour of shelter and peace here at the quest a.m. 1160 and we're just talking about the the spiritual gifts and also the beautiful work that's being done by the sisters of charity the missionaries of charity here in Atlanta um Father uh Father Baker is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we ask you to pray for um pray for our listeners?
3: Uh you know you um had me thinking uh, before we got on uh, the conversation for the show this morning um and you you mentioned you know the charisms and and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and that's uh the charisms are, are the things that people, you know, that, that, that's harder to understand. It's not as well discussed in our, the tradition of our church. It's something that I'm still learning um, mm-hmm. and to be able to identify those things and help them grow uh, and I would call out uh, Father Tim Hepburn as probably mm-hmm. one of our uh, number mm-hmm. one experts in the diocese. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's well studied in this and yeah. uh, he was vocation director and I was a seminarian under him. Uh, I, I saw him you know, going through that process and, and learning even more. He was already uh, quite knowledgeable of that. Um, but the gifts of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are more well known, but also have a, a lack of understanding among people. And the one that I have discovered in my own priesthood and, and, and in my life and, and try and clarify among the people is uh, the fear of the Lord, the mm-hmm. holy fear of the Lord. Um, and, and a lot of people kind of just say that it's just a sense of awe. Um, and, and I always encourage people to realize there's absolutely, that's absolutely true, that it is an awe in God's presence, but there is a real holy fear of doing, of, harm, of um, offending the Lord. Mm. Um, and this is something that is a gift. It's a beautiful thing to have. Mm. It brings about joy. The mm-hmm. more we are afraid uh, to offend the Lord and, and the consequences that are rightly behind, you know, on the other side of offending the Lord, um, this is something that uh, brings about joy. Uh, and it's a filial fear, a fear of a of a son of a good and loving mm, parent, um, as opposed to a servile fear, the fear of a slave of a tyrant and a and a slave master. Right. Um, so I encourage people to really. Thank the Lord and ask for the Lord for a greater increase in the fear of the Lord so that they can overcome these deep-rooted sins and temptations in their life. Among with the other positive, beautiful things that draw people to higher things away from sin, uh, the push away from it uh, through fear, holy fear, is necessary as well. You need the push away and the pull towards something good. That's great. Um,
0: so, Father Baker, we've got about 30 seconds. Would you pray sure. those things for our listeners? I think that's beautiful what you've just said.
3: Amen. We thank the Lord for all these things, from whom all these good things come. And Heavenly Father, we ask you, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, uh, to pour out in us a renewal during this time of Pentecost, uh, all of the gifts and charisms of the Holy Spirit, to set our hearts on fire for love of you, only for you so that we might love and serve our neighbor may almighty god bless all of you the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen Amen. and thank you so much and thank
0: you dear listeners for for being with us father father baker thank you for being with us the angelus is coming up next